Hello, everyone. Welcome to this new episode of the all-new 52 podcast. I am Joe. This is my friend Caleb. We read comics every week and talk about them. This week, Ultimate X-Men Volume 1. It's it, it's a little it's a little glossy right here. Sun, Sun's doing its best to block it from Caleb's mind because Lord knows he wants to forget about it. Um, it was written by Mark Millar with pencils by Adam and Andy Kubert. Yeah, the Kubert boys. The Kubert brothers. And one of them is on the new Wolverine. So that's pretty oh, cool. So wow. they, uh, I stuck think with it's, him. I think it's Adam Kubert, but I'm not sure because I have not read it yet. Mm-hmm. So this is part of the Ultimate Universe. The for those who don't know, the 2000s uh, alternate rebooted. This is a different telling, but it's a great jumping on point. So they say. So they say until it became its own problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I, I'm going to have thoughts on this, Joe. Yeah, of course you are. You're an X-Men fan. It's not what you know. Therefore, you're going to have thoughts on it no matter what. No, you can't (laughs) pin that on me. I like my X-Men of all different shades, all different sizes. All different shades of blue. I just don't like Mark Millar. (laughs) (laughs) So what's your, what's your, you're kind of already on off to note. What are your experiences with Mark Millar? Or have you even had that many and just have heard the, uh. The, the whisperings of the trials yeah. and tribulations of Mark Millar. Yeah, so I haven't read anything he did in The Ultimate till now. Mm-hmm. Um, I Civil War, obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's the big one. Yeah. Uh, Old Man Logan, which is the only thing I've enjoyed that he's read. I feel like he did another big event around the same time as Civil War, but I can't remember what it was um, that I've read. And then I tried reading um, Kick-Ass, but I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, which makes sense because it's Mark Millar without the editorial holds. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Uh, so I've also read old man Logan. I really like old man Logan. It's great up until that last issue. Yeah. And I've also dabbled in all the other, uh, ultimate books. He's a, he is a guy who like, when we before I started reading comics, I knew who he was. He's mm-hmm. that high profile, and so when you're getting into comics, obviously you're gonna gravitate towards him. Probably not so much anymore for like new people getting into comics, but definitely when I think I was getting into comics, that was the case. Yeah, he's quite the. Uh, you're not you're not the only person that has a problem with him, but also there's a lot of writers where people just don't like them, and some people love him. He's highly successful though. Yeah. And Especially in the world of adaptations. And uh, for this Ultimate Universe and all that I've read with him, he sure knows that tone they were going for. Whether whether you like it or not, he definitely wrote to what that universe was trying to do, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's Ultimate X-Men. Yeah, positive. Oh, wait, no, we need to synopsisize it. Yeah. All right, so... The X-Men, you know him, you love him. We got we got our boy Beast, the bouncing blue beast, although he's not blue. He's just bouncing not right yet. now. We got Storm. Uh, we've got Cyclops and Jean Grey. We got uh, Colossus. Mm-hmm. And at the end, they get Iceman. But they all get brought to Professor X, who um, has recently been having a, had a falling out with Magneto. They were up in the Savage Land making some plans and... It didn't go well, and now they are uh, ready to kill each other at whenever they get the they chance. They are at each other's metaphorical throats, even though they physically aren't. 
Uh, yeah, war is going to happen at any moment. Yeah. Meanwhile, the humans have created a sentinel program and are just hunting down and exterminating mutants on the street. Um, and so Professor X gets all these people together. And he's like, okay, we're going to we're gonna be really nice to the humans and then they'll stop killing us. And Magneto's off in Savage Land and he's like, we're going to be really mean to the humans because then they can't kill kill us. (laughs) And a lot of stuff happens. Magneto sends Wolverine out to kill Professor X. Wolverine is like, I think Jean Grey's hot, so I'm not going to do that. Cyclops is like, oh no, Wolverine has cucked me, so I'm going to go join Magneto. (laughs) And then Magneto's like, let me rewire every Sentinel to kill all of of Washington, D.C. Uh-huh. That is what happens here. I don't I don't I don't know how to jump off from that really. It's the the last three issues in particular are really linked together. It's all of a back to back to back thing. Um while the while the first three are kind of more establishing. Like months yeah. go by, um lots of stuff like happens between issues. It's it's a very broad introduction to like this side of the X-Men. And then and then it kind of gets into its own controlled story, which well, I think it picks up in those last three. Well, yeah, I guess that's where I, where I wanted to ask you. How do you think this does introducing these characters? Poorly. Yes. This is one of those things where the whole point of the Ultimate Universe was to get new readers because comics have gotten too convoluted. This is thinking you read an X-Men book already. It's, it's throwing everybody at you. Some slight changes here and there. Um, drastic changes in other places, but it's kind of expecting you to know everybody already. It's not doing a great job of introducing everyone. I think it does a better job of introducing them in Ultimate Spider-Man when they when they came in and they have their establishing thing. It's almost like Bendis is a better writer than the <laughs> um, Yeah, no, I feel like this is a, a central problem to the Ultimate Universe. The Ultimate Universe, more often than not, feels like it's trying to subvert this, like the classic stories yeah. instead of retelling them. And updating them. Um, Ultimate Spider-Man updates it really well. That's also an easier story to update. There's less convoluted backstory. You got you got one central character as opposed yeah. to seven. Yeah, it, and you're in New York, right? Like, it's pretty standard. You got the savage lands. <laughs> we got dinosaurs here. But, and that's the thing. Like, what do you... Where is your jumping on point for X-Men? Because, of course... X-Men started with the 05 um, back in the Silver Age, but then they didn't become a popular book till All New, All Different came out. And even then, it took them a couple years to get into kind of like the classic Claremont era. And then you can't even pull in some of the most popular characters like Rogue or Gambit because they're even further in. There is like a timeline of events and Marvel has done a good job codifying these in things like the first class comic or... Um, I forget what the X-Men story is, but they they hired a writer specifically to kind of clean up the backstory mm-hmm. and make it accessible. The problem is, though, is like that has a clear starting point. This is just Millar trying to reach and pull in as many disparate things as he can. I think the first issue had a decent start of, OK, because if you're going to if you're going to start a new X-Men book, but have stuff be established without having to reestablish who the X-Men are without having to go into, I'm Charles Xavier, and I'm going to make a team. This is my cat, Tickle. Yeah. Uh, I think it does a good enough job of, okay, here's three people we got already. Let's grab some others. Introduce them. Maybe they'll be the ones we're explaining stuff to. 
Uh, and I think that first issue does that part really well. Issue two already has like a two month time skip and everybody's already well versed in it. And that's where it fell off. Well, and I think that's one of the things Claremont realized very early on was you need that eyes and character for a while. That was Kitty pride. Then that became Jubilee. Um, that has been different characters as different writers has picked up. I don't think there's an eyes and character here. You think it's going to be Iceman when he comes in and then he's already, he already knows what's going on by the time, uh, the next issue comes around. Yeah. And then like it could technically be Wolverine, but then Wolverine's just like, he has a sudden heel turn. Uh-huh. It was just like, ah, oh, I'm a good guy now. <laughs> I like Gene, but we, we need to get into the positives. Yeah, let's do that. Well, starting off, uh, I do like, I do like how it starts. And I like those last three issues. I think it does a nice, uh, finale to the trade because this was one of the ones we we talk about writing for the trade this was written for the trade everything has a big start stan lee presents even though he had nothing to do with this the tomorrow people it's not even the x-men it's the tomorrow people at this point um so i think it does a good good job establishing and then a good job as a finale to the introduction the introduction the introduction um it's in the middle where it falters a little bit uh I also enjoy most of the new designs and ages for the X-Men new. This has been out for 20 years, but you know what I mean. What were the the new to the status quo? Uh, a, a Storm being a teenager carjacker or whatever thief she is. Not something I'd expect, but I, 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 um, I dig it. Yeah, she it, started out as a pickpocket. In all new I don't know anything yeah. about Storm other than like she's very like mother naturey nor- normally to my knowledge whenever I see her in comics. So her just being kind of normal uh, was a nice refreshing thing. Everybody else is no one else sticks out as much as she does to me because I think she has the biggest shift in kind of how she is. From my very limited knowledge, I see your face. Well, I think Beast is a confusing character. I think all the tenants of Beast are there. And of course, it's Human Beast, which is. I asked different. It, I actually did like Human yeah. Beast because I think he looks kind of stupid sometimes when he's Human Beast normally uh, in the older comics. And then, you know, Blue Beast is what we're accustomed to. So I, I like this just Human Beast right now with big feet. Yeah. And I do appreciate that they, they've scaled him back to his teenager because he is, you know, he's a comedic relief character mm-hmm. in those original comics a lot of the time. And, you know, with. With him now being big, blue, furry Professor Beast, I feel like you sometimes lose that humor. I think this kind of carries that through. I also think it does a good job of establishing... I think it does a good job of establishing Xavier as kind of... Yeah, he's well-intentioned, but yeah, he was teamed up with Magneto at one point. There's definitely some darker stuff we're going to have to watch out for. He He has these moments, which isn't unknown to Professor X. Yeah. But overall, not too many qualms with, like, the the foundation. So I think that there are moments of the art that really pop. Mm-hmm. It's very of the time. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. I think especially in the coloring. But if we're just talking about the pencils, I think the keywords do a really good job here. Um, and I think most of the base designs work. There are a couple parts that are very cheesecakey. Uh, when Wolverine first kisses Jean. Oh, yeah. Uh, that one shot of Wolverine arriving in the uh, airport where it's just a shot of this woman's legs. 
I remember when I was reading that on the couch, you're like, who's that? Care? Who's, whose legs do those belong to? I'm like, no one. <laughs> but, you, would think, you would think it'd be a moment. Someone's walking in. It's someone important. Nah, just some random ladies. But, uh, but I think overall the art's pretty solid. Um, you see Gambit at one point in the Savage Land. I thought that do was, you? yeah, okay. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, cool little Easter egg. And I think that the, there is a good fight when they're going to save the president's daughters. Yes. I think, is that issues four and five or three and four? I think it's four? three and four. Okay. That is, I think, the highlight of the book. We're seeing, like, the team dynamics play out a little bit. I still think Wolverine's a little just poorly characterized in there because you're not quite sure. Is he, like, is he being a double agent yeah, here? Is he is infiltrating? He heel is turning? He, yeah, yeah, it's very confusing. Due but, to do the time skips that just keep happening. Yeah, but I do. I do really like. Um, I like how Cyclops reacts to that. I like. I like how Iceman reacts to that. Um, I think it's a really well handled scene. I also do like that Storm doesn't have complete control of her powers. I think that's a fun thing to do. She's one of the most overpowered X Men normally, so they have to continually nerf her so that she doesn't be the most powerful X Men and win every fight super easy. So I think that's a really good, especially since she's a kid. Like, well, yeah, she wouldn't and really also, know too much. Just a general rule. You know how, like, the rule with DC is Batman can beat anyone? Yeah. Um, the rule with X-Men is Storm is always going to be the best at everything because she's Storm. Like, she led the X-Men for a couple years with no powers. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's it, this is just something new that was fun to look at. Anything else you got? Those are my positives. Man, did I did I have to try hard to come up with some? I think the backgrounds, uh, going back to the art, the backgrounds are also another thing that really stick out and just how detailed they are. It can get a little busy sometimes, but I do think they uh, they were. I don't know if the, how early this was in Kubert's career. They were really trying though. So yeah, and I th- I think it really shows. The uh, the Sentinels are also really good. I feel like they're drawn with a lot of ominous presence. Yeah, they uh, they have a lot of their classic design influence in there. It's not too not too sleek, and it's it's very just old looking. Whenever the Sentinels debuted, oh yeah, well that's the Sentinels. To my knowledge, they haven't changed their design that much in the comics, which seems weird because they're very of the time design that well, you they think also, would get updated slightly. I mean, they're a big thing in the '60s. And then they don't really matter too much until you get into the um, Days of Future Past. And then they're always kind of being hinted at. But, like, I feel like they are they are such an iconic villain because of their role in Days of Future Past. And mm-hmm. because the opening of the 90s show, like, it is Sentinels. Sentinels. I, we wouldn't get the Sentinels in this if it wasn't for the 90s show. Um, so I, th- I just, I think it's a weird... They're a weird villain who have left a big impression for not a lot of screen time. Mm-hmm. So negatives. You want to go first? No, you should. You get it out of the way. Maybe I'll maybe I'll lose some of mine. I feel like I feel like if I go first, it'll make yours seem a little more harsh. Okay. All right. So negatives. Negatives. Um, a lot of this is just of the time, and me not vibing with Millar. Millar has an edgy boy attitude Mm -hmm. that I think is frustrating. Um, And, you know, you look at the team here and I was kind of wondering, it's like, this is kind of a weird team. I I feel like there needs to like, 
I just feel like he's missing out on like characters like Rogue and Nightcrawler, like really popular characters who if I was rebooting, I'd bring in. But then again, of course he is, because I don't want to see him write another female character and because he's not good at it. And he probably hates Nightcrawler because he just doesn't understand what a decent human being is like. Um, well, Nightcrawler does show up later. So, yeah, I know. I know. I just Mark Millar, all of his characters are always angry all of the time. They always act as irrationally and immature as a situation can allow. And of course, it's just so horny. This book is such a horny book. I guess Wolverine's the only like outlier. I or... Wolverine is the only one who is explicitly horny, but the way they continually draw Jean is very cheesecake. Yeah, and like that's more of a comic a problem with comics, though. I feel like I feel especially two like, thousands comics. I feel like well, and like I said, part of this is just a problem with the time. I feel like Millar has always stood out to me as one of the most obnoxious people like this. And there are others like Jim Lee, great artists and all. He was pretty horny too. when he, when he redesigned Psylocke, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so I get it. And sometimes I'm fine with it. It's just here. It feels super immature. And I don't like, I, I hate what they do with Wolverine and Jean in this. The love triangle in Wolverine and Jean is something that I do not. And, and Scott. Yeah. And Scott. Triangle. Got to have that third point. I think it really is something that doesn't, ever makes sense other than it's just like all the at some point every x-men character falls in love with each other and so it makes sense in that regards but like it's something that people get so fixated on and here it's just like i'm gonna make scott which is another character i think millar probably hates i'm gonna make scott the most like i don't understand his character clearly so i'm gonna make him the most irrational character here he sees them kiss once and he's gonna go and join the terrorists like I also don't like how he does uh, Professor X and Magneto. I feel like, once again, it's just a very immature, very black and white way to look at this. Um, It is one of the comparisons I absolutely hate in X-Men comics is when people say that Professor X is the Martin Luther King and um, Magneto is Malcolm X because it clearly shows that these people had no no idea who Malcolm X was. And to a certain extent, no idea who Professor X is. But like here, it does just brim with the idea of this like, well, this is the good one and this is the bad one. And I'm going to judge this by if I was a human, which one would I want to be with? Because they are slaughtering mutants in the street. I'm not saying Magneto is a good person, but kind of like in that Lux arc that we read. Just implicitly, I'm going to have to go against the system. Professor X is just like, we can be nice to them and they'll stop killing us. No, no, they won't. This isn't how this works. If you are going to tackle the mutant metaphor, which you do not need to do with X-Men. We've talked about this before. You don't need to do this. If you're going to do it, though, you need to, one, have it be timely. Like how God Loves Man Kills focused on, like, televangelists, how, like, there's some stuff in the modern comics that's dealing with like uh, like basically recoding alt-right things that are rising up. You need to recode it here. With 2000s, they have George Bush in this. Like, Yeah, he's straight up in this. It could just be a war on terror thing. But no, he's because Mark Millar is an idiot. He doesn't know how to write like subtlety or nuance to the characters. Everything has to be completely black and white. But the problem is this problem you're setting up is so extreme that I Professor X is wrong. And usually I think Professor X is an idiot, but even here, he's a well-intentioned idiot. Here, I just, I can't get behind him. 
Okay. <laughs> well, that was a lot. I don't like Mark Millar. <laughs> um, so to play devil's advocate on some of that stuff, that was a lot. Miller's advocate. Miller's advocate. Mark Millar's advocate. Um, do you think the movies had anything to do with how they framed everybody? Because this came, this was later in the ultimate uh, like establishment. I think it was around 03 or 04. We'd had two X movies at that point. This is Editor Joe speaking while I'm editing the episode. I was wrong here. Ultimate X-Men started in 2001. There'd only been one X movie. Yeah, I mean, definitely in their designs, I think you can see that. Because um, as someone who doesn't know classic X-Men that well, I know that uh, movies kind of shook characters up a little bit in ways that uh, fans didn't really like. And, like, I know people like Cyclops. I'm not a big fan because all I really know about him is from the movies. He's acting pretty in line with how he acts in the movies. Yeah, yeah. And the, same yeah. with, same with like, most everybody's acting pretty in line with how they act in the movies. I, I wouldn't say Storm is. I Storm, well, yeah. Storm, I, don't, I said well, most. Here's the problem. I don't think these are really well-developed characters. So I think that's just you projecting the films onto them. It might be. Because, like, I was about to say, like, Beast, we won't have had Beast in the movies yeah. yet. Except for technically he is on the TV in the bar. I, I, Iceman but didn't really I, exist as a personality I, until us X2. Yeah. But he doesn't have a personality here. No. So I don't know how we could compare I called him. him Ice. Ice Man. <laughs> Colossus doesn't have a personality. I think Storm's very different. I think Gene's very different. Wolverine. I mean, Wolverine's likable in the movies. Um... <laughs> Yeah, no, I actually, I don't see a lot of parallels other than the aesthetic. Even maybe Professor X, but Magneto's much Magneto's more radically extreme. different. I said most. I wasn't yeah. going on with anybody. The main team just ha brings very, very much those movie vibes to them, even if they aren't straight rips, which could have been like an editorial decision because, you know, synergy. Yeah, yeah. That, that's definitely a possibility. Same with that love triangle thing. That that doesn't come up much, right? Or is it more of a recent thing? No, I mean it's existed. Claremont's a big fan of it, so okay. like it, it existed throughout his era. Wolverine is living with the Summers right now in continuity. His bedroom is between Scott and Jeans. Oh, okay, uh, they are a thruple. Um, Jeez. No, it's a thing. It's just not a thing I prefer personally. Uh, okay, um, I prefer Wolverine with Storm actually, but that's a. That's a whole different That's thing. That's a different can of worms. And also, like, no matter what, because Wolverine is an adult in this, and, um, like, yeah, technically Gene's legal, but just barely, so it still comes off. It's, it's not, it, yeah, it's scummy for sure, but Wolverine isn't exactly written as the most straight and narrow person either. Yeah, That's yeah. one of my least, that's one of my, like, least problems with this, where if you're gonna, like... That's especially a big thing right now. People getting canceled left and right over uh, like scummy, like shady things with bare legal things. I think it might be a scummy thing for sure. They're both adults at that point, though. Wolverine's 300 years old. You can't exactly I, like use that as the baseline because everybody's a child to him. I think it comes down to this um, where it feels like Jean is being written as a teenager. and that She definitely is. And that they only put in 19 so that this wouldn't be weird she definitely is written as a little younger same as same with beast who like this starts off with him in a bar so he's obviously you know he's obviously 21 but he's he's written like a teenager mm -hmm. and like 
And that's fine. You can have Teenage X-Men. That just means you're going to have to give up, you know, your Wolverine-Scott triangle, which I don't think would be the biggest loss. Um, so some of my negatives. I think uh, I think Magneto's written especially poorly. Oh, I hate him in, so much. In terms of how uh, you... you you have you have the peaceful side and the more violent side. Here it is the pacifist side and the I'm killing everyone side. Magneto they even say it in the book. Magneto man, remember that Hitler guy? Yeah, you're sounding a lot like him right now. Even down to the part part where Professor X, and this just goes down to how all of Millar's characters are just completely vile. Professor X is like, I don't believe in killing, but if I had the chance, I would kill Magneto. <laughs> Which he does eventually have the chance, and he basically kills Magneto. Yeah, he's he's written pretty badly here. Uh, a lot of lot of uh, like super quick heel turns, like Scott Scott going off to join the Savage Lands, and I didn't know if they were trying to play it off as he was just doing an infiltration thing, and because he's he's so on like Comlink with the with the school. So maybe it was just a poorly written way of him doing an infiltration meeting. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Wolverine's written without really much. You just kind of, he just kind of does stuff. And I think that also has to do with the time skip problem. That's just a, it's an inherent, I don't like time skips in like almost any form because there's a lot of information you have to fill in or just accept because they aren't going to explain it. A lot of this feels Same with like personality changes and, uh, just people being more okay with the status quo, but the reader doesn't know what's going on, which on the alternative side, a reader knowing everything going on and the characters don't know can be really annoying too, because you're like, can we, can we just get to this point whereby where we are on the same page as the characters? Uh, But especially when the reader isn't in the, in the know, that's, that's always really frustrating. I don't think I have a theory about, why everything feels so rushed a comic theory if you will i think they might have just been trying to catch everything up to speed so they could start telling their own like new versions of the stories with because ultimate spider-man was like in year four at this point ultimates had already had their first thing i think uh ultimate fantastic four was the last to start but they had a lot of like ground to catch up to to get everything in line with where the ultimate universe was at this point well and i think that's another problem with the ultimate universe and like it can work it cannot but like why are you why are you rushing to tell these stories um like why if you're writing an x-men book why are you like it's like okay we have to get to the dark phoenix saga then we have to get to days of future past and blah 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 and you run down the list Mm -hmm. like why not just there are so many interesting toys and you can mix and match them in the X-Men universe, I don't feel like you have to do this. I think it makes more sense with a character like Spider-Man, who um, you're trying to bring them, you're trying to bring these readers over to this very popular character who has kind of one through line history. The X-Men are very complicated. There are a lot of them and they do things like time travel and go to space and like, which is where I fall off with the X-Men. They get a little too zany in all that what they do. Well, like Savage Land, it's a yeah, land full of dinosaurs. Land is crazy. <laughs> they they brush over that, oh, he's just in the Savage Land. They I don't, love Savage there's, Land. There's but... not establishing of like, ah oh, yes, this is this 
place stuck in a prehistoric little ecosystem or whatever. No, there's just mutants living here and dinosaurs. Well, and it's almost like they expect the people who are reading this to have read, read an X-Men, X-Men book, book yeah. which is just like so clearly goes against the whole point of what this is supposed to be. Of the four um, mainline Ultimate books, this is definitely the worst in guiding the reader into what the status quo is. Uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, you're there from the beginning. Ultimate um, Fantastic Four, you're there from the very beginning. Ultimates are kind of jumped into where the team is forming, and none of these characters have had solo books before this, but you're you get to see the team forming, forming and get their personalities. This, they're just there. Yeah, it was not fun. It was not a fun read for me. I didn't know what to expect before because I haven't, uh, for you, for you, I didn't know how you were going to come into this. I knew you were going in with uh, premeditated thoughts about Mark Millar. I, I went into this book with an open mind. You did. You, I was like, the one Mark Millar book I've read that I've liked has Wolverine in it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But I also went into this not knowing much about where it goes other than it definitely ends off in a worse place it starts. Because people do say the first eight to nine volumes of this or however long the run is, is is pretty good. Is it's it's up there with like some of the better stuff in the Ultimate Universe, which makes me interested. This didn't completely turn me off. I think it's a rush beginning for sure. But once they kind of they get a feel and they break in the shoes that is this book, I I could see it working like there is the issues three and four where you have the team dynamic at its best i think is kind of like the golden light of ah this is where this is this is the potential this is where this is where it could end up yeah i think even for me like not enjoying this book at all um i think i could still give it another chance like i think i could read through the next arc and just see um because uh, yeah, Wolverine and Jean break up at the end of this, which deals with one of my biggest problems. Magneto's off the board, which deals with another of my biggest problems. I, I trust the core elements of X-Men enough that I would give it another shot. Theoretically, I have way too many X-Men books to read I'm before not trying I ever to, do that. Yeah, I'm not giving you another one. This is more of my own thing that I want to do because it I... I joke a lot about the Ultimate Universe. I do genuinely enjoy it at this point. I've read enough, and it's with such a clear start and enough of an ending point where I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't want to read past Ultimatum for most of these. Uh, like, I want to figure out what happens in between these. Um, side note, positive that I forgot, Magneto refers to himself as the Master of Magnetism multiple times throughout this book. Very happy with that. But yeah, that's that's our thoughts on Ultimate X-Men. I can't say I'm surprised with your thoughts on it, Caleb. I'm disappointed, Yeah, I can't lie. I never want to go into an X-Men book and not enjoy it. That that didn't that didn't sound like how you sounded at the end of last episode. Listen, I went into it with an open mind. <laughs> What's next? What do you have? Right. What do you have well, next on the table? Well, so I try to space out. I tried to space out the X-Men books I bring to the table and I had already planned for this episode to bring an X-Men book. And then you did this and I was like, screw it. I'm I'm just going to stick to it. It's not technically an X-Men book, but it is a book with X-Men in it. Okay. There's a comic behind his back. He's pulling a me. There's no elaborate bit this time. 
I saw something in the monitor reflection. I don't know what I saw. Definitely a comic book. I couldn't think of an elaborate bit. Excalibur. Oh. So from one end of the X-Men universe the to the is, other. Yeah, the sword okay. is drawn. Specifically, specifically, we are we are not going to read the first two issues. Okay. Um, because I feel like that would just end up with us having... Well, technically, it's a graphic novel that starts off, but it's like two issues length. I think that is going to just leave us with more questions. We are going to start with issue three, um, Captain Britain versus the Juggernaut, and then we're just going to go through to the end. This has one of my favorite uh, Marvel villains in it, Arcade. Um, oh, Arcade. I love Arcade. So I think we're going to have a good time. Well, I know I'll have a good time with it because I've read it. Yeah, I remember you picking this up. Um, you're, of course, welcome to read more of it, but it's one of those things where it ties into a bunch of... It ties into... X-Men continuity and Captain Britain continuity. And I could do a decent enough job explaining the X-Men continuity, but I'm kind of screwed on the Captain Britain is stuff. It, is it like volume one or issue one that it starts at? What do you mean? Like, this is a trade. It says number one on the back. Is it Excalibur number one that it starts at? There's the Sword is Drawn. Okay. And then there's one through five. We're okay. going to read three through five. I'm reading one. All right. Uh, it's not It's not getting a pass if it, if it, if it starts out bad. <laughs> All right. I I just want to talk about those three issues. Okay. Um, I have no interest. I like the beginning of this book, but I have no interest in really talking about that and having to explain the Mojo verse and all that stuff. So. Okay. All right. If you enjoyed Caleb's ranting and my trying to... I don't know why you would. It was really obnoxious. And my trying to defend... Ultimate X-Men for some reason, then please sub- click subscribe. I promise he isn't always like this. I'm very rarely like this. Rate us five stars. Get us on the top of those charts. Get all, tell your friends, share it around. If you like comics, please email us at allnew52podcast at gmail.com with your recommendations, your feedback. Maybe you got a book you want us to check out. We'd love to read it. Get it. Just expand our array of comic knowledge. Excalibur's next week. Woo woo. Get excited. We'll see you then. Von British book. It's a, it's, it has the Captain Britain in Captain it. Britain. Oh boy, here comes the Captain. Better call the constable. There are mutants out among us. Blimey. Blimey, mate. <laughs>